Welcome to Romance Your Tribe Radio with me, Janet Beckers, where every episode focuses on simple action steps you can do this week to grow your business online and bring joy to the work you do. Hello and welcome, Janet Beckers here. And I have a very special episode of Romance Your Tribe Radio for you today because I'm going to be totally vulnerable with you so be kind okay i am going to share with you the six reasons why my first business failed why why it why it ended up making it that i lost every single cent that we had through that business and crushed my confidence for years why did that happen and then importantly what lessons did i learn from that that meant that my second business succeeded almost straight from the gate, out of the gate, and has continued to grow. So that's what I'm going to share with you today. Those six reasons that I can see why my business failed, the lessons I learned, and then what you can do so that you don't make those same mistakes that I made. Okay, so just very quickly, the very first business I had was an internet art gallery. And I started that because... At the time, I was studying art. This is about 15, 16 years ago. I was studying art to keep me sane while my children were really little. And I was living out in Western New South Wales and I realised how difficult it was for artists to get an opportunity to exhibit their work. So that's when I thought, you know what? Artists need a way to get to be able to see their work everywhere because you can't just wait for people to come out to Dubbo. Then I was also aware about this newfangled thing called the internet. And I, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't really using it. I used email. I thought that was pretty good. And I was learning about the um, internet. In fact, my current job at that time was actually having to help other people, you know, use the internet, you know, to be able to, um, with projects that we were doing. I didn't know anything about it. We brought in a big specialist. So I had heard about the internet, thought it was pretty fancy. And I saw the two together and thought, I've got a business. Hence Indigo Art, which ended up becoming the largest internet art gallery in Australia at that time before I sold it. That was my first business. Largest internet art gallery in Australia. Sounds successful, doesn't it? It was a failure. So we're going to look at why. My second business for this example is Wonderful Web Women. When I started my company Niche Partners and Wonderful Web Women started off as a quest to find the most successful women in the world who had made their money on the internet and share their stories with other women who were wanting to grow their businesses. That's how one, that's what Wonderful Web Women was and Romance Your Tribe, which is where my business has evolved to, grew out of Wonderful Web Women. And it was successful right from the beginning. So we're going to have a look now at the six reasons why the first business, Indigo Art, failed and really crushed my confidence and my bank account for a long, long time. And then why wonderful web women and ongoing uh, Romance Your Tribe succeeded. So let's get stuck into it. Please excuse me. I'm going to refer to my notes because I do not want to miss um, giving you any lessons here at all. Okay, number one, I didn't test my concept. I had this really great idea. I thought I could see that artists didn't have anywhere to exhibit their artwork. And I thought, you know what? The internet, this is going to work. This is pretty cool. So on the basis of that, I built a very elaborate 
business model. I spent a long time thinking out everything, mapping it all out, creating something just truly, truly, totally cool. And, um, you know, really creating, getting elaborate software. Everything was Mickey, Mickey Mouse and took a long time to build up. Because, um, you know, I had little, I had babies at the same time. And, but you know what? I didn't test the market. I went straight to big. If I had tested the market, I would have realized I had my business model wrong. And we're going to go into more detail about what that business model was and why it was wrong. But I would have worked that out quite quickly. As it was, it took me years to realize that the business model I had invested so much of my life into was never going to work, never going to work. So I did not test the concept. In the second business, Wonderful Web Women, I tested the concept. Now I'm going to go into detail about how I came up with the business model and we're going to look at that in the next lessons. But what I did do is I tested it first. I only launched for an eight week project. It was starting off for eight weeks. I was just going to interview eight women and I had a method that was going to make it that my I would get sales straight up and then I would build a mailing list straight up. But I was only going to do it for eight women to see how it went. Um, I didn't go straight into building an elaborate membership site. I didn't go straight into programs, into spending a fortune on websites. I just started with eight weeks. It took off, I can tell you. After eight weeks, I thought, wow, this project has now become the whole business. So that was the lesson that I learned. So the question to you, do you have a concept and then you've gone straight into planning out the whole thing, the big vision and really putting all of that into place before you even put it out to the market? If you haven't, test the market, go small first, see what the response is. You might be completely off the mark or you might be just slightly off, but that slightly off, if you're investing a lot of time and money, can be enough to make it so that it's not going to work. So you could tweak it if you do that test first. Okay, that was number one. Number two, which leads on from that, I spent money on all the wrong things. Now, what I did is I, with this big concept, now this was pre-WordPress, so I went and spent a fortune getting a great website made, getting very elaborate software made so that, you know, people could, um, you know, choose their artwork and then they could get a frame and they could choose the frame and it would show them what it looked like and then the, then the freight would be calculated depending on the frame, the size of the artwork, where the artist was, where the person was getting it shipped to, all of this stuff, really, really elaborate stuff. It cost me tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars, years of development. I went through three developers because honestly, I think I was a bit of a pain in the butt, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I went, that was a huge investment. Um, and you know what? Every time I made a sale, people said, can you ring me up? Because I just want to talk to you to see if the artwork was, you know, what's the artwork like? They wanted to be reassured. I could have done everything over the phone. If I'd tested, I would have known that. The other thing I did is I invested thousands of dollars getting really beautiful greeting cards made that featured these beautiful artworks on the site because I thought we'll send out one with every artwork and we'll, um, you know, I'll go out and I will, um, you know, 
people anybody who gets a, a gift or I'll get I'll send little packets of these cards these are so beautiful that people are just going to share them everywhere it was really just going to my artists side of it it was not a business decision it was an artistic decision um, the same reason with business cards you know people will make these beautiful beautiful business cards um, and they're not necessarily going anywhere <laughs> to give them out um, so that was a big mistake I went spent a lot of money on things that were not going to work so in the second business, what was the lesson I learned? I did not spend money on things unless I knew it was absolutely essential. And I did my research to find out what's the most cost effective way to do it. So by the time I started Wonderful Web Women, WordPress was not really being used. It was just being used for blogs, but not for membership sites. So I found out what membership site software I wanted to do. I was very nice to my husband who I talked into helping me learn how to put it all together so we could both do it. And um, and I went and sold heaps of stuff on eBay, went around our house and just sold stuff on eBay so that I got the thousand dollars that I needed to start it up. And that's what I did. Um, there were no no business cards. I didn't get business cards for years. <laughs> there were, you know, none and nothing that was elaborate. So I just built up until, you know, and every time I could see that I needed an investment, that's what I would really, really look at it. Now, now I'm also very strict. You know, I had a bookkeeper before I even had any income because I wanted to know exactly where my expenses were going, how my cash flow was and making sure that I wasn't spending before I had it. So, um, yeah, that's my, so my thing, my uh, action point for you is have a look where you're spending your money. Are you going, for example, well, Janet uses Infusionsoft, all the big guns use Infusionsoft. Sure, it's hundreds of dollars a month. I'm going to, I'm going to use that from the beginning, even before I've got a customer. This is a really typical one I'm giving you as an example. Um, you know, that's one of the things I do with my clients is we work out the cheapest way for you to get started so you can test your concept then you'll know if it's going to be worthwhile you spending money on the top of the range. Um, you don't need to, okay? We just, I used PayPal. <laughs> um, PayPal and Aweber was what I used for years and years and years. We did hundreds of thousands of dollars through PayPal before we got a proper shopping cart. Um, so starting off small, where are you spending your money? Okay, let's look at the next one. Um, oh, now, lesson number three why my first business failed and my second one succeeded this was the death knoll i got my target market all wrong i thought that my target market were the artists now the model was the artist paid me 50 bucks and that would get all of their artworks up on the site and then when i made a sale i would get 40 percent commission now that's the standard commission what it was then for art galleries to take off, you know, when they sold art for artists. Like, they're, they're retail. Artists, art galleries are, are shops, they're retail shops. So that was their markup. So I used exactly the same model. But you know what? The artists were not my target market. My target market were the people who were going to buy the artwork. Like, duh. You know, I had this whole thing of, I will build it, they will come. Now, that was a huge mistake. I confused my um, suppliers with my customers. This was the death knoll of that business. Um, you know, I made a huge, I made that mistake and I didn't really realize it until I was broke. And it wasn't until then that I started really listening and um, to what my clients wanted and it was too late by then. 
you know, I had already lost the money and, you know, I'd already lost the energy and the enthusiasm for the business. So this was a big one. Now with the second one, I did not make this mistake again. In fact, I was probably cautious for a long time because I was not making this mistake again. So the very first thing did, I spent a lot of time doing competitor research. Um, with my first business, you know, I was too soon. You know, there weren't any, there were, every time I got anybody that started up online as a competitor, I would ring them up and thank them because nobody ever thought about buying out on the internet. There were too many hurdles to it. Um, so, you know, I started too early, but I was being really, really careful when I started Wonderful Web Women. I spent a lot of time doing competitor research. I also, and this is a classic, is this is pre-Facebook, um, so I didn't really have anywhere to be able to find my target market. So my target market was also at these events that I was going to, to learn how to market online. I was going to those events where there's lots of speakers talking about how they built their business on the internet. And um, my target market was there, getting frustrated because there weren't any chicks on stage and wanting to know, you know, what do women, what's women's concept? How do they do this? Um, how do they do it differently? And um, so that's where my target market was. And where do you think my target market was when they were at these events? Well, I can tell you at lunchtime, they were all lined up. It's a big, long line trying to get into the women's toilets. And of course, along that line, they would be stopping and they'd be talking to each other. So I was not making that mistake again, and I had no pride. So I went along that line of women who were queued up for ages, a captive audience, with my MP3 recorder, because I didn't even have a phone back then. And I went along and recorded them saying, tell me, what's your biggest frustration when it comes to building your business on the internet? If I could find the most successful women in the world, what would you like me to ask them? So I did that for months after months after months at all of these events. I knew my market exceptionally well. I knew who my target market was. I knew that there was a demand. So that's why when the first business, uh, when Wonderful Web Women took off, man, did it go well. Okay, so my question to you, have you got the right target market? Have you really got the right target market? Or have you got the people who you think need you but are they going to spend the money? Are they hungry enough for what you can help help them with? Now, this is one of the things that I do with my programs. In fact, I've developed a really unique system called the Profitable Avatar Quadrant that gets you super clear on your four avatar types and, help, and you will know exactly which ones are the most profitable and what to offer them. Now, every time I take people through this particular system, they have huge ahas and can restructure their business and their marketing is so much more spot on. Ain't nobody gonna make that mistake again around me. <laughs> okay, so that's my question to you. Have you got the right target market? Okay, the third mistake that, nope, that was the third. My fourth mistake that I made is I assumed that I knew what my real customers wanted and what they didn't want. You know, I, really did not do any research on the people who were buying art. I thought I had, you know, I did um, 
you know, a bit of, you know, re, you know, looking at, you know, reports that had been done on the state of art in Australia, blah, blah, blah. But it was really superficial stuff. And I was really just looking for information that reinforced that I had a good idea. I was very, very biased. If I had taken the time to really get to know them, I would have had a lot of greater insights. I didn't start doing that until about the third year in when I started going out to the people who buy arts. I started going out to companies that buy art, you know, that would buy buying art, say for hotels and things. It wasn't till then that I started talking to them and realized, you know, this what I've set up is not going to make their life easy. Um, you know, and one of the things I did discover at the end was people were really interested in renting art especially if they were doing up their homes. And if they were renting their art in order to be able to do their home up to sell, and they either moved or they didn't end up selling, they would buy that artwork because they'd got to live with it and they wanted it. So it was, that was right near the end when I found that that, was, that actually started to work. Um, so there you go, that's an idea for you if you're in that market. That actually back then worked really, really well. By that stage though, I had discovered that there were much easier ways to make money online. And so I sold the business and with that idea to be able to give to the next person who promptly ran it into the ground. <laughs> um, okay, so with me, I, I, you know, right, I told you that I'd already done that research there in the toilets. And what I also do is I continually, as soon as people joined my mailing list, I had a quick survey that asked them what their biggest frustrations were. I continue to survey my email list at least once per year, really getting a good idea on what it is that are their issues and responded to that. That's how I knew that after about eight weeks, my clients wanted to know, not just from all of these women who I'd been interviewing, they wanted to know how I did it. How did I manage to do that in eight weeks? So I developed my first $2,000 program because I listened to what my clients wanted. The Romance Your Tribe program and um, my Romance Your Tribe system has come specifically from listening to my clients who were saying, I want to know step by step how to do what you do, Janet, in the way that you do it. That's only come from listening to clients. And that's why my business has changed quite a bit over the years. It's always been in response to what my clients want. So my question to you is, are you continuing to survey your clients? Are you listening to them? Are you analyzing then what they're asking for and to see if this fits in with what you can be doing? Is your market changing? Are you on top of it? How connected are you to your customers and your potential customers? So this is one of the things that I do with my clients in my Attract Your Tribe coaching programs is, you know, we're going to get super clear on really getting to know your target market so that, you know, they'll, you will hear saying things like, man, it's like you're in my mind, you know, exactly what I'm thinking. It's because you should. So, um, yeah, that's that has been core to the success of Wonderful Web Women and then Romance Your Tribe. Absolutely core um, because I'm, that was, I'm not making that mistake again. Now, let's look at... What else have I got here in my notes? Two more things that I did wrong. Okay, um, now you might do this. This is, this didn't make the business fail, but it made me not have the resilience to continue, which ultimately leads to failing, is I tied my personal identity to my business identity. Now I'm not talking about personal branding here. 
I'm talking about self-worth. So I stuck with a business that my, if I had been stepping back and not seeing my identity as being related to how successful the business was, I would have recognized that the business was not working. And I would have approached it in a much more detached, logical way to see why. But at the time, I was cool Janet. I was this Janet that was really arty and had this really, really awesome um, online business to do with art. I mean, that's very, very affirming. Um, and it was a core part of my ego. Hey, I told you I was going to be transparent and vulnerable here. Um, but when the business didn't work, if I was going to be tying my identity and my super coolness with that business, when the business didn't work, who was I? My confidence took such a serious, serious blow. And I'm a, I'm a very, very persistent, resilient person. So I kept on going. But if I didn't have so much ego and identity attached to that, I would have been able to be detached and make wiser decisions. So what lessons did I learn from that? Now with my business, sure, it's a, it's a personal brand. So I'm still very associated with it. But I now let my system, my models, are the star. That's why this is Romance Your Tribe, not Janet Becker's, because it is my Romance Your Tribe model that is get success for people. I stand back and treat it like an experiment. I, I mean, truly, it is still very much um, a core part of who I am, but the business success or failure is not my success or failure, not my self-worth. If something doesn't work, well, it means that I can look at it dispassionately and see why and change it. You know, you may not realize, so for example, my Cool Cats Video Academy, which, you know, has been responsible for helping hundreds of people to be able to create great, um, you know, great videos, get confident. You know, it's a successful program. When I first launched it, zero sales. But because I could look at it as an experiment and dispassionately, I was then able to see what went wrong with the marketing, tweak it, and then it took off. So you can't do that if you've got so much of your ego because you're just going to go and want to hide underneath the doona um, because it's all about you. So my question to you is how much are you tying your self-worth to your business? How much of your ego is associated with saying what it is that you do in your business? Um, because this is going to make it very, very difficult for you to make the tough decisions in your business. Um, and you know what? If that's happening and your, your confidence has been crushed, it's okay. It's okay. That's a core part that I do in my programs is all that mindset stuff because I know at what point in the progress in your business certain mind things are going to come up and there's ways around that. There's ways around that. So, you know, be kind to yourself and step back. And the last one, number six, is you know what? I did it all on my own. What a crazy slow way to do it. You know, I did a one-day workshop that was run from the local um, you know, business enterprise center on how to do a business plan. That's the training that I had for starting up. And then I just try to work out everything else myself, you know, about branding, about going online, about marketing, all of that sort of stuff. No wonder I made so many mistakes. No wonder I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars of poor, poorly invested money and at least six years of really hard work 
that could have been spent on something that was making me money. You know, if I had got a mentor, if I had invested in coaching programs or in products that were going to help me specifically learn the thing that I needed to do, I would have saved myself a lot of money and a lot of time and I would be a lot further ahead now um, than I, I would have been. Not as wise, of course, <laughs> but you know, now, so what did I do in the second business? Right from the very beginning, I identified where were the gaps in my knowledge and in my skills, and then I sought out who was the best person who knew how to do that, and I paid them. I paid for programs to get coaching. I paid for people who could help me on very specific technical things. I paid, uh, or I did contras, for things that I knew that I needed the help with. And so, you know, that made the big difference because I knew that if I had to try to work it all out myself, it was gonna be a really, really slow path and it was gonna cost me more in the long run. So now, you know, I spend thousands of dollars every year, sometimes some years, tens of thousands of dollars um, on mentoring, on coaching, in purchasing programs for me to master a specific technique on programs that have got to do, or mentors that have got to do with my mindset and keeping me strong and um, with my self-development. I don't see those as, un, you know, as luxuries. These are absolute necessities for me to be able to move faster. So, but they're all wisely chosen. It's not just on anything. They're always the things that I need, but I continue to invest in that because I know the fastest way for me to get from A to B is to find somebody who's already gone there and made the mistakes already and can show me the shortcuts. So that's my question to you. You know, are you, I'm just going to see if I've made my notes here. Yeah. Are you doing that? Are you going to workshops? Are you finding the people who can help you? Or are you trying to do it all on your own, telling yourself that, you know, this is the cheaper way to do it? Because I can tell you now, it doesn't end up cheap in the long run. It truly does not. Um, yeah, so they were the six main mistakes that I made that meant that my first business failed. And my second business took off straight away. Like within eight weeks of launching Wonderful Web Women, I had already replaced my previous 12 months income. I had already had a list of thousands of people. I had already sold this program that people were asking for. Um, I had already sold memberships to something when people signed into the membership area. There was nothing there yet because I was still just testing to see if they'd buy. <laughs> you know, it worked right out. You know, I had won a, an award for best membership site in this first eight weeks. I had... Um, you know, I had people contacting me from around the world asking me to coach them and I didn't even know what coaching was all within eight weeks because I took those lessons from that first failed business and these six lessons and I did those changes that I've just shared with you. So it makes a huge difference. So now let's just do a recap on what were those lessons and what can you do. So number one is test your concept, start small. Don't waste your time using a lot of energy and a lot of money building up the big business unless you've actually tested that you've got the right business model and you've got the right marketing. Number two, be super careful with your money. Don't spend it on frivolous things that aren't going to result in you getting sales. So when you're starting out, make sure that everything that you spend is actually going to result in you making money faster or at least testing your concept 
faster so you fail faster and move on um, so be very very careful with your money and keep a track of that um, market research absolutely do not scrimp on doing your market research and your competitor research you need to know that you know your market number four keep on asking your customers keep on um, not just doing the market research once continue to do that keep on listening keep adapting otherwise you will be left behind if you're not changing and adapting with your clients and you're just staying stagnant you're actually falling behind number five Treat your business like an experiment. You know, an experiment that you care about, but treat it as an experiment so that your ego is not so wrapped up in what your business is. You can do better in your business if you treat it like a fun experiment. And number six is shortcut, shortcut the heartache and the loss of money by getting mentoring and finding a community. Now, that's where I can help you. Um, you can um, check out the free training that I've got. You can come and join our Romance Your Tribe uh, free Facebook group. You can come and join me as um, as a as a paid mentor as part of my programs in um, you know the Rising Stars in our Attract Your Tribe in any other programs that I have developed probably by the time you're watching this. So you know make sure that you're going to be making the most of resources that are available to you, whether that is shortcutting through paid coaching and mentoring or whether you're at least going to be taking part in what kind of community has been around so you can tap into other people to help you as well and so I've got great resources there to help you to do that so do it just make the most of all of the opportunities that you've got to shortcut your your success because you know what you do not have to be on your own you don't have to be making these mistakes on your own and there are people here that are going to help you so that's my six reasons why my first business failed and why my second business succeeded. And I do hope that this has helped you to be able to make sure that your business is not going to have to go through that heartache and that you are going to be able to kick those goals and create that business that's going to make a difference in your life and the lives of the people who you help. Okay, as always, please, I'd love to hear from you. This has been a particularly um, vulnerable episode for me to, to create. So I would truly appreciate if you would take some time to give me some feedback and, um, and tell me any ahas that you've had from what I've shared with you today. Okay, bye. It's Janet here. Thanks for joining me on Romance Your Tribe Radio. Hey, you heard our voices today, but do you want to see what we really look like? You can see the video version of this episode over at romanceyourtribe.com and grab the show notes while you're there. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate if you show the love and leave an honest review on iTunes or your favorite podcast directory. I'll see you on the next episode.